This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. Welcome back to another episode of The Drop Podcast. I am your humble host, Lance Descott. Going into the first game of the Stanley Cup, some Blues fans are confident, some Blues fans are a little timid and worried, but I think most of us just want to enjoy this. I want the Blues to win, don't get me wrong, but I want it to just be a competitive series where refs call the game evenly, and I don't care how they call it. If they want to call every little thing, do that, but do it for both teams. If they want to let them get physical, then do that but call it the same. I think that's all that most fans ask for. Going into Boston for the first two games, we all know what the Blues have to at the very least do, and that is win one game. We wanted them to come out fast in game one, and I thought at the beginning they looked very good. In fact, they would get the first goal. It would be by Braden Shin to give the Blues a one to nothing lead. Sailed through Tarasenko, curled on along now for Pareko, then in close quarters for Shen. Tarasenko taken out of the play by the captain Zdeno Chara, but then it's held by Shen. Shen fired one, kicked back out again by Rask, rebound bounced on back. Shen is up, he scores! One to nothing in favor of the Blues on Braden Shen's goal. He was cold as ice in terms of scoring, but he's been a fantastic player for the St. Louis Blues. He scored in game six, and here he gets the icebreaker in game one of the Stanley Cup final. Great joust on the boards. Bergeron can't get it out. A nice job by Shen to keep it alive. Goal on goal. Chunky rebound going to come right out front off the stick of Schwartz. Braden Shen just jump on it and go high blocker. Jay Bomeister makes this play. Again, we talked about the active defense for both teams. Bomeister, he hangs around, keeps the play alive, and then Shen goes far side on Tuka Rask. The Blues are able to keep the puck in by cycling it around. It ends up on Shen's stick. Shen takes the initial shot from far out. Tuka Rask makes that save, but he pops a rebound out. Shen skates in, gets a rebound, and puts it past him. The Blues are looking good at this point. That goal by Shen would be his third of the playoffs. Schwartz gets his fifth assist. Bomeister gets his sixth assist. Seven minutes, 23 seconds in. I thought the Blues had a pretty good first period. Shots were even at eight apiece. Bennington had to make a couple hard saves. Tuka Rask had to make a couple hard saves. But most of all, both teams, I thought, played pretty well. Going into the second period, the Blues would start off on the right foot just a minute in. Vladimir Tarasenko would get his ninth goal of the playoffs and the Blues have a two-goal lead. Pearson down low, what, because of size? Or, well, we have a giveaway here, and a feed up for score! Tarasenko! And it's two to nothing! Just about the time you think everything is safe back there, it is a steal and a score, and the Blues are up by a pair. Well, Charlie McAvoy thinks that Dano Chara is going to come back. They try to reverse this puck. This is David Pasternak. He thinks he's going to throw it back to Sedano Chara. And he gives it right to Shen. And Shen gives it to Tarasenko, and Rask gets beat to that stick side again. But that was a forward back in Pasternak. 
Trying to reverse the flow, and Chara didn't read it. Pasternak gets a puck behind the goal. Thinks either Chara or somebody else is going to be there. He was wrong. It was Braden Shin that was there. Shin gets the puck to Tarasenko, and Tarasenko puts it past Tuka Rask. The Blues are looking very good early in the second period. Tarasenko's ninth goal, Shin's sixth assist, one minute in, two to nothing Blues. But just a minute and 16 seconds later, Connor Clifton would answer and get Boston back in the game at two to one. It's brought on by Corrali. Corrali moves up with a Chari. Holds. What seemed like a broken play that had no chance, and then it did, and it wound up going off the netminder's stick. Well, the fourth line of the Boston Bruins generating. Clifton looking for the blue paint, and Corrali finds Clifton, the defenseman, jumping into the play with Bortuzzo there, and Biddington out. And the Bruins get a huge response from their fourth goal and getting a defenseman involved as well. Boy, the speed of Sean Corrali back Bortuzzo and Gunnarsson right off the blue line. And that created all that time and space for Corrali to make the cross-crease feed. This goal was another example that we have seen from the Blues several times throughout these playoffs. They allow a team to come into the neutral zone, pick up speed, skate into their zone, make a great pass and score. Bennington thought he had it but it just kind of went off of him and in, and the Bruins are back in this game. This goal really gave them life. That goal by Clifton would be a second of the playoffs. Corrali gets his fourth assist. Nordstrom gets his third assist. Two minutes, 16 seconds in. After this, I thought Boston got very physical, and the Blues let them manhandle them. There were a few calls that should have been called against Boston, but they weren't. When that happens, as a team, you've got to work through it and continue to push hard. And the Blues, in my mind, really didn't do too much of that for the rest of this period. Boston would get a power play opportunity, and they're pretty dang good on the power play. And Charlie McAvoy would get his second goal of the playoffs to get Boston back even with the Blues at 2-2. Two to two. The Bruins don't want to shoot the puck. They almost get a fortunate bounce off of Krejci, off of Bergeron. The Blues clear the zone, but Charlie McAvoy gets on his horse and comes back the other way. The puck goes off of the stick, I believe, of Alex Petrangelo, and that's your conventional power play goal. And the reaction from Jordan Bennington, this game is tied up at two. Just an innocent-looking shot, 99.9% of the time. Jordan Bennington's going to make that save. He knows this one is on him. That goal by McElvoy is the second of the playoffs, as I said. It was unassisted, 12 minutes, 41 seconds in. And from then on, I thought Boston really overpowered the Blues. In the second period, they outshot the Blues 18-3. It is really hard to score when you only have three shots on goal. The offense needed to be better. Jordan Bennington needed to make that save on McElvoy to keep it a 2-1 game going into the third. What would happen in the third period? Well, a lot of very similar things that happened in the second period. They would get behind three to two, five minutes, 21 seconds into the third. Chari and then Corrali wants to play the point. Chara flips one, then a shrug down off of Bennington. Strap for there. Stays in front, Corrali scores! 
Judgment. Joel Edmondson started this whole play by turning the puck over, and Connor Clifton started the offense. Puck to the net, second chance opportunity. Clifton reads it. Now the Bruins get some fresh players on the ice, and the fourth liners go to work. What a game for Connor Clifton. Not signed by the original team that drafted him. He scored the icebreaker here for the Bruins. Just got a big assist. And look at him, the Lambo leap for Sean Corrali, who's got a flair for the dramatic going back to earlier this year. This is the kind of goal when you look back at this game and say, you know, if it wasn't for that third goal, the Blues may have been able to come back and win this game late in the third. But it wasn't meant to be just a bad play by Joel Edmondson. Corrali gets his third goal of the playoffs. Achari gets his second assist, and Chara gets his third assist. Five minutes, 21 seconds in, the Blues are down 3-2. to two. They would pull Bennington late, and Brad Marchand would get an unassisted empty net goal. 18 minutes, 11 seconds in, and the Blues lose this one 4-2. to two. Stats of the game, shots on goal. Bruins had 38 to the Blues, 20. The Bruins won the faceoff battle 54% to 46%. The Bruins were 1 for 5 on the power play. The Blues were 0 for 2. Hits pretty even at 33 to 32 in favor of the Blues. The Bruins outblocked the Blues 12 to 7. Giveaways were even at 10 apiece. Moving into the postgame interviews, we're going to hear from Craig Berube, Pareko, Bozak, Bennington, Sunquist, O'Reilly, and then finish things off with Tarasenko. Uh, coach, uh, your team early first period seemed to get a lot of what you wanted going five on five. How did it derail in your mind? Turnovers, uh, second period, and then we skated very well. Also penalties were part of it all, but second period, we got pucks and we just, we didn't skate, didn't advance them, turned them over, uh, gave them momentum. Left side, Tom, standing up. You guys talked a lot about trying to stay out of the box against them. It's frustrating that you took five tonight. And yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it's obviously a big, uh, big thing. We've been real disciplined most all playoffs, pretty much. Um, we weren't tonight, obviously, with five penalties. We got to be better there. Stay on the left side, standing up. Craig Petro was just saying that you felt like you got off to a good start, and then it changed. What, what do you feel like changed? Yeah. Uh, again, I thought the first period was good. We thought we were. Did a lot of good things. Second period, stopped skating, stopped moving the puck, turned it over, and gave them momentum. You know, and then plus penalties didn't help. Back left. Uh, just wanted to get your assessment overall of Jordan Bennington in his first Stanley Cup final game. Well, he was fine. He he made a lot of great saves. They had a lot of shots, a lot of good opportunities. Like I said, we turned too many pucks over. We didn't move the puck very well. Um, you know, I thought he was fine. Stay in the back left. Craig, uh, uh, when you played, last time you were in this building, uh, you, you had a ton of turnovers too against them. What is it about their, maybe their style of play? Well, they, they pressure play? you. They come hard. They're, they're a quick team. They get on you. They got good sticks. They do a lot of good things. You know, they're, you know we, we got to be better. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna continue to do that. And that's the way they play. They're a good defensive hockey team, and they do force you into bad situations with the puck a lot of times. And you know, but we gotta be better than that. Back right, Craig. In the few games that you guys didn't skate, you know, didn't do the things that you didn't do tonight. Um, you know, it, it took until the next game to get it going. How difficult is it to do it in game to kind of turn around that that game tonight? 
Well, I mean, there were spurts of it, you know, here and there, but there was no flow. You know, we didn't have the flow of the, the lines one after another, getting to our game, getting on the forward check. Um, it was sporadic, so we didn't get it turned around uh, good enough to, you know, we had an opportunity. Uh, it's, you know, 3-2, pulled the goalie out. Uh, we got a lot of time, but um, they ended up getting the shorty pretty quick, so. Left Not side. the shorty, but the, with the goalie out. Uh, Craig, you guys get the goal one minute into the second. I mean, there you are up two to nothing. It's sort of a gimme goal off of a turnover. Does it surprise you how you guys <coughs> responded to that, considering? Well, I don't think that was a response. Like, the, we were fine, and we were playing, and they went down on that uh, partial three on two and off the skating in the net. Obviously gave them momentum, and I thought they were the better team after that. We'll do a few more right side, fourth row. Craig, what was your assessment of the Krug hit on uh, Thomas? Part, what's that? The Tory Krug hit on Thomas. Did you see that check? I did not see it down in the corner. I'll, I'll have to look at it. So it was down on my left, and I didn't see it. Back Coach, left. aside from the fast start, were, were there any positives you could take away from this game moving forward to game two? Well, the start of our, the, start of our um, the game for sure, the first period, I thought it was a good period. Thought we did a lot of good things. I thought everybody was going. We we're doing a lot of good things. I mean, we're going to take some positives from that. We just got to put it together for 60 minutes. Like, you know, they're going to do good things. They're a good team, and they're going to force us into bad situations and things like that. But we, we need more than that than we gave tonight. We'll do two more questions. Back left. Craig, oh, oh, over here. Uh, a couple of the players said they thought that, that the penalties maybe caused the team to lose uh, their composure a little bit. Do you agree with that? Did you see that? Um, well, it can, but the penalties, you five penalties, it takes a lot of guys out of the game, and it, it uh, burns up a lot of energy from other guys, you know, that are killing all the time. It's it's too much. You know, we got to be better there. we got to be more disciplined. Um, calls are calls, you know. That's the way it goes, and we're not going to complain about it. We're just got to be better. Last question, back left. Uh, one game into it now, can you describe what makes Boston so deep? So deep? Yeah, with their depth. With well, they have lines. they have a lot of good players. Uh, four lines they use. Um, they use everybody. They use all six D. They're a good team. We talked about it. We're a good team too, though. We have depth too. For all you guys, if you don't mind, just uh, the number of penalties last night was out of character for you guys. But how, how do you stay more disciplined against these guys? Uh, yeah, I, obviously, I I think the first thing, just using our feet to check and your heads to check is. is the biggest things and um, just playing our game, getting to our game early on and just playing a full 60 that way. And uh, I think I kind of touched on it earlier, but moving our feet is going to be the biggest thing and checking that way. Yeah, I mean, they have a great power play, so you don't want to give them that many opportunities, obviously. I think, uh, you know, just having the puck more, holding on to it. I think we were chasing it around a little too much in the second, and uh, obviously you're prone to taking more penalties if in that scenario. So uh, got to support each other a little better. Um, you know, get get more on the inside, and yeah, just try and stay out of the box. You can't give their power play that many opportunities. Yeah. Left side, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, Colton and Tyler. Uh, Colton, it's not news to you guys. You were talking about it last night. The gaps were way too big. How do you balance, you know, respecting their speed, but at the same time playing them tight? And Tyler, you guys are at your best when you're back checking. You know, where was it last night? How do you get it back? I think it just starts in, in the ozone, obviously, for us D-men. Um, just kind of reading the play and how it's coming out, uh, what what they kind of have offensively coming out of the zone, if they have three guys pushing or, or things like that. But just getting a better read on the play um, and just starting tighter out of, out of their D-zone um, and just playing through the neutral zone. Obviously, the Fords have done a tremendous job of backtracking for us. 
Um, and when we have that, it, it allows us to be tighter. So um, for us, D-Men, we got to make sure that we, we continue to be tight because um, these forwards have been great uh, and it, it allows us to do that. So yeah, just making sure we're, we're tight on them in their in their D zone, our O zone, and it, it all starts from there. And then obviously when we can match the speed coming out of there, it, it makes it a lot easier for us. So uh, hopefully we can be tighter uh, and get some turnovers there in the neutral zone. Yeah, I mean, uh, just working together, I think uh, the more back pressure we have as forwards allows our D to have a better gap and, you know, take away their time and space. Obviously, we can't turn the puck over um, <clears throat> at the blue lines or in the offensive zone and, and get caught because then it's tough for the D to kind of create those gaps without our support there. So I think just working together as a five-man unit like we do when we're successful and, um, yeah, let's just take care of that. Left side, Nick. Uh, Jordan, just curious when you started working with Andy what technical uh, adjustments did you make can you share that and then Colton they were talking about using their speed wide making you guys turn I'm sure they're not the first team to do that so what do you do how do you adjust to that uh yeah working with Andy you know uh, nothing really too specific there but just you know being consistent and and uh, getting that confidence back and belief and um, you know having a good lifestyle and going from there uh, yeah, as far as wide speed, uh, I, I'm going to kind of bring it back to the last question a little bit. Um, but they, they obviously have a lot of skilled players. They're small and fast, and they make plays. So uh, I think it kind of touch on JR. Gaps is going to be really big for us. Um, just trying to eliminate them from getting to speed, just coming out of their D zone is, is obviously crucial. Um, if we can eliminate our, our blue line uh, from them and allow them to carry it in over our blue line, that's, that's a big thing. So um, we'll continue to work on that. We'll, we'll uh, get it done, and uh, we're looking forward to game two. On the right side, Ben. Hey, Tyler. Um, some, it's rare that after a game, maybe the most shown highlight isn't a goal, but it was a hit from last night. Uh, for you guys, can you just describe the dealing with having to see that highlight of the crew hit over and over and over? And does it affect you? Do you guys talk about it, or do you just push it away? I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I don't really watch the highlights or look on social media for highlights from the game. So I haven't seen it too much personally. Obviously, it's the Stanley Cup final. Teams are playing hard. There's going to be you know big hits throughout the whole series. And that's not something we really focus on. It's just kind of you know playing day by day, game by game. And uh, obviously, we're going to try and get better and, and, and be better for game two. Front left. Tyler, we don't know if Vince Dunn's going to be available or not. But how much does he help in that puck transition, just his ability to be able to do that and just those clean breakouts? Yeah, I mean, obviously a ton of skill. Um, you know, move, moves his feet well, skates very well, and, and um, makes a good pass, good first pass, can play on the power play. Obviously, it's nice that we have the depth we do, and, and guys can step in and play when guys get hurt. I mean, it's inevitable this time of year that there's going to be, you know, guys banged up and people are going to have to step in and play. But, uh, yeah, at the same time, it'll be nice when he's able to play. and. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who's going to be in when everyone's healthy, but uh, it's nice to have the depth that we do have that guys can step in and, and play certain roles. Right side, second row, Pierre. <clears throat> Question for Jordan. Um, were you surprised when Tory Krug came over to say hi to you after that big hit? And can you share um, what words of wisdom he shared with you? Uh, yeah, it was more of a stare. Uh, his pupils were, were pretty big. I don't know if he's on something, but. Uh, you know, he was pretty fired up. It was a big hit, big play, and um, the rink was excited. It was was loud, so you know, it's it's a fun atmosphere to play in. Back left, Ken. Uh, Jordan, uh, after the uh, second and third Bruins goals, uh, it looked as though you were kind of admonishing yourself a little bit 
on those, or you were least upset with the, the fact that they went in the net. Is that does does today you know give you a chance to sort of reset on that front, maybe mentally a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I don't like letting goals. Um, I'm always frustrated with myself, and and uh, you know, I want to make every save I can for the team. But at the same time, goals are going to go in, and things are going to happen, and you just got to keep moving forward. We'll do three more questions. Left side, Tom. Tyler, what would you say they do so well defensively that kind of limits, or makes it difficult to get chances, especially on the rush against them? And what do you maybe need to do better against that to get some more chances and kind of get the rask? Yeah, obviously a really good transition team. Um, and they really defend the middle of the ice very well. It's hard to kind of get inside into those dirty areas around the net. And, you know, in the middle of the ice, they do a really good job of that. And, yeah, I think... You know, to be more successful, we're going to have to get to those areas. We're going to have to fight hard to get to those areas. We're going to have to get to the front of the net, get in the slot, um, create create opportunities in those areas. I think we were caught on the outside uh, too much last game, and I mean credit to them, they kind of kept us out there and did a really good job of that. Front right, Stephen. Jordan, you mentioned working with Andy, but your time in, in Providence. What did working with Mike Dunham and that experience help, and and how did that help get you to this point where you you can play in this kind of this kind of stage? Um, yeah, you know, every year is uh, more experience and, and you learn and you get hit with adversity and you grow as a player and a person. And I think last year was, uh, was a big year for me in, in growth. And, um, you know, I'm very fortunate they took me in. I've said it multiple times and um, they got a good staff down there. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty positive year for me. Last question, back center. This is for the group. You trailed in the Dallas series and twice in the San Jose series. Why do you think this group doesn't get rattled when playing from behind in the series? Um, honestly, I think it's just what we've gone through this year as a group. I think we've, you know, had a lot of adversity throughout the year. Um, I think a lot of people has count, have counted us out at, at a lot of different times, and um, <clears throat> that's usually when we kind of come back and play our best hockey. So um, we're excited for the challenge of, you know, this the rest of this series and especially game two. In each series, you've gotten better as the series has gone along. Just why do you think that is, and what do you have to do to make sure that happens again? Let me start. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get off to yeah, the start that we wanted. I think we did a little too much feeling it out and just you know deviated from our game plan. And um, yeah, it's a way, it's a wake up call for us. Um, whether it's coming off a high and and not realizing the work that we got to put in, but. Um, yeah, we're not worried. We know we have to get back, and it's not going to be easy. But uh, you know, we're confident in, in each other. Well, I think <coughs> just we just need to stick to to playing our game. Uh, that's what we've been doing the, the other series, and that's just wearing, wearing team down, teams down. Uh, we we need to we just need to do that for a full sixty minutes. Uh, as Ryan said yesterday, wasn't wasn't good enough, and and uh, we only did for for about twenty. No, there's not much to say. They say it at all. So it's, <laughs> it's basically it. It's only it's a question when you don't have to say a lot of words. And the point is right. So just need to believe in ourselves and keep playing. Front right, Steven. Ryan, you guys knew the kind of the speed and the skill the Bruins had in that lineup. But when you see them up close on the ice, what's the key to slowing them down to, to try to get them, maybe not stopping them, but at least slow kind of, of their speed down a little bit? Um, yeah, I think it's not feeding into their tra transition as much. Um, when we have an opportunity to, to put it behind them and, and play that 200-foot game, we, we need to. Because um, you give them the opportunities that, uh, you know, they 
can move the puck real quick and yeah, they come at you full speed. So it's just it's not giving them any real easy opportunities and and yeah, forcing them, you know, make sure we're tracking hard through the middle and, and keeping them on the outside and and those little details of just, you know, having awareness to away from the puck. On the right side, third row. Ryan, the, the hits were even statistically um, and you could argue that you, they, they were good in one period, you were good in the other, and then there was kind of both. But because of that helmetless hit, people in the media are saying that, wow, Boston's dominating physically. Is that inaccurate? Um, yeah, I think it was both. Yeah, both sides were physical, for sure. But that was obviously a, a massive hit that uh, got some attention. But um, yeah, we were physical. That was one of the things that um, we did do well. Um, and something we have to maintain, but uh, yeah, I don't think it was too one-sided. Right side, second row. This one's for uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, do you feel that on their home ice, the Bruins try to bait an opponent into sort of a chippy game, and how do you avoid getting sucked into that going forward? Yeah, um, yeah. As we saw last night, yeah, we weren't disciplined enough. I think we yeah kind of got away from our normal game, and yeah, they do a good job of that. They're they're one of the best teams at that, and. You can see, obviously, you know, we started well and had a good first, but then they kind of, you can see having their time off, you know, started to find the legs, and then we got undisciplined and kind of the game turned from there. And I don't know specifically how they do it, but, um, you know, it's kind of an identity that they have that, you know, we have to avoid. We have to kind of be stubborn within our, within our structure. Left side, second row. Ryan and Vladimir, what, what would you say you guys have to do better to make life harder for for uh, Rask, and I know you had some chances early in the game and not as many shots, but what do you have to do better against him? He's been pretty good throughout the playoffs. Uh, I think we need to put a puck on the net more, obviously get more shots, but create some traffic too. You know, he's a good goalie and we need to create some, you know, second chances and uh, make his life uncomfortable to go in and uh, uh, hard areas, you know, uh, create some, like I said, traffic and uh, I mean, yeah, obviously the amount of shots we get last game is not enough, so it all goes to the shots. Yeah, I'd say very similar to what Vladdy's saying. Um, yeah, we didn't put the puck on the net enough, but we also kind of were kept to the outside too much, um, whether it's kind of feeling out and trying to make, uh, you know, cute plays and trying to have more possession instead of kind of fighting to get to the hard areas and, and making it more difficult on their D. And then, you know, we're getting to Rask and getting in those sight lines and, that's when you know we will have traffic and shoot the puck and, and then you know challenge him more. Left side, Kevin. Yeah, this is for uh, for everybody. Uh, obviously, you know you're competing against him, but can you still sort of appreciate what uh, Chara can do at you know age 42 with the game as fast as he is uh, as it is to be able to compete at the level he does? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, <clears throat> He's really good, especially de defensively, uh, with his reach and where he's, where he's positioning himself. Uh, he's uh, he's tough to get around, uh, but I think uh, I still think we we need to do a better job with with getting pucks behind him and make him turn as much as possible. Uh, but yeah, as I said, uh, he's he's 42 and he's he's still good. Yeah, I, f I find it very impressive. Yeah, obviously what he can still do. It's it's amazing what he's doing and. Um, yeah, on the other end of it, it's yeah making it difficult on him. You know, he's obviously a you know a key key player for that team, and you know we have to you know in general play better, but especially on him. You know, forcing him to to play um, you know a, a rough you know skating game, and where he's got to turn a lot. 
We'll do two more questions. Right side, Matt. Oscar, you and your line mates have had a successful postseason so far. It's been talked about a lot. Do you guys feel like you played the way you wanted to last night? And then for Ryan and Vlad, what is so important about Oscar and his line having success for you guys to to put together, you know, solid performances? Uh, I don't think I don't think we played played good enough yesterday. Uh, felt like we weren't uh, we weren't connected. We weren't tight enough, uh, and uh, we didn't play as we as we have been. Uh, we need to we need to get back to that and and. We already talked about it and, uh, and sorted some things out that we need to do better, and, and uh, I'm sure that we will uh, we will be better tomorrow. Um, you know, as a group, you know, none of us I think played the ideal game we wanted to, but um, you know, big reason why we're here is because of you know those three and the way that they've been you know driving the bus for us. You know, they've uh, you know and they can play in every situation and and of giving teams you know so much trouble with the way just the way they work and. And how physical they are, and they're obviously yeah, a key reason why we're here. We'll do one more question, Sergey, back right. Uh, for each of you, please, if you don't mind. Um, Washington last year lost game one; they ended up winning the Cup final. But historically, nearly 80% of teams who've won game one have gone on to win the Cup final. What is it? Wh why do you think that number is as high as it is? What changes when you're up one nothing? Oh, I think that's why you guys doing the stats and we just play on ice so we don't track these things, you know. It don't really matter in this part of the year. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, stats is like this and it's happened before, but there is the teams like Washington last year. They prove it can be different ways. So what we believe in and uh, again, this is on your side to pick up some cool stats and everything else, but <laughs> it's not in our heads. Yeah, um, yeah, at like every series I've seen or been a part of has been completely different. Um, yeah, there's there's stats that you see all the time about different things, but you know, we we know what our best game looks like and we're confident we can can win and you know, we know the first one wasn't what we wanted and we're gonna respond and, and you know, tie the series up. That's that's our plan and we're just gonna keep taking it one at a time. And that's exactly what the blues have to do. Overall their play wasn't bad in this game, especially the first ten minutes of the game. They looked very good, but then they fell into that whole thing of making mistakes. A bad goal goes in. Bennington should have had that goal that made it 2-2, two to two, and that goal that made it 3-2, to two, that one is all on Joel Edmondson. Those are two huge mistakes that cost you the game. You could have been up at 2-1 to one in the third period at that point, and all you've got to do is continue to pressure Tuka Rask and play strong defensively. But they didn't do that. They've got to get back to their game of playing strong defensively. If they do that, they're going to win game two. I just do not see this team coming back in game two tomorrow night and making the same mistakes. They normally come back very well after a bad game. And I'm looking for a good game from them in game two. One thing I did want to talk about was Cretchy's hit on Thomas. That should have been a penalty. It definitely should have been. You know, he's saying he's just trying to get his team going. He led with his gloves into Thomas's face, and the guy could be injured. We haven't heard a report as of yet, but I would be willing to bet you Thomas is injured from that and may miss a game. I don't know. Let's hope he doesn't. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of The Drop. Until next time, let's 
Disco Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email The Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.